everyone. I'm Taruna Ramani back with another episode. My topic for today is again one I feel strongly about, especially relevant as we raise millennials. We are on our toes constantly knocking off items from our list that we do and the entire gamut. From the time we rise at dawn, we orchestrate plan and execute what we can for our kids. All of it so they have a good life. A good life, right? That's what I'm speaking about today. So what is a good life? Can you quantify the good? On one level, it's definitely a solid education for our kids. What else? Is providing them good education enough for them to enjoy a good life? Dear audience, we are living in a world of plentiful. Sky is the limit as far as abundance goes, and we want to ensure that our kids have everything they need and most of what they desire. We strive to provide the best care, education, attention, and opportunities that we can. With such finely honed attention on them and their needs, they seem to be caught amidst a self-esteem trap. They grow up inwardly focused and not quite prepared to take on adult responsibilities and are therefore uncomfortable socially. And now consider this. If I were to tell you that I was cooking a meal for you, but I switched off the oven in the middle of it. Would that meal be cooked? No, right? In the same way, our children will be underprepared for life if we switch off parenting midway. I'll come back to that. Now think about it, for most part, Our focus as parents is on academics, the GPA, the grades. They are very important, don't get me wrong, but they are not the only thing that is the be-all and end-all. Yes, our kids will get into a good college if they get a good GPA, but parents, there is life beyond that. In fact, the real-world experience starts beyond that time. How are we preparing our kids for it? Generation X, the millennials, are raised differently than we were because we feel we should and we must do all we can to keep their self-esteem high. The amount of oohs and ahs they get for every achievement, small or large, is exaggerated inadvertently. We have mastered the art of magnifying their achievements, dramatizing their pain, and anticipating their falls. We have. When we were growing up, to be independent was considered a life lesson. We climbed trees We did so many things that our kids don't anymore. 
Way back then, when life was not this simple and answers were not available at the click of a button, our parents probably did not even have the time to focus on each and everything we did. We tried, we failed, we tried again or made attempts to learn somehow. In the book, The Self-Esteem Trap, Raising Confident and Compassionate Kids in the Age of Self-Importance by Polly Young Essendrath, Jenny Norris talks about today's young people being information-rich and experience-poor. She says they have an abundance of information at their fingertips, but lack real-world experience that tests their mettle. She compares today's generation to the boomers' generation and says that we were experience-rich and information-poor. We were in school to find out what adults knew. But that's not the case anymore. Everyone has access to all kinds of information on the internet. And these teens have grown up at a time where real-life experiences have been on a decline. They have not spent as much time in quote-unquote living. They think they might know about the real world, people, places, and things because they've seen or heard about them on media. But true, but they truly lack insight from experience. Parents, that's a blind spot right there in our parenting because we make their path so smooth for them, making sure obstacle courses and challenges are minimized. We overprotect and overglorify them to an alarming point. The impact of this is when they land into the real world or say are at a job with a boss who's expecting better than what they can deliver. Then there is a gap in their expectations or expectance, acceptance of the real world. This leads to confusion, unacceptable view of the real world and of life. Polly Young Essendrath in her book says, if a person believes he is or should be special, he will tend to apply the brakes when he encounters challenges that might bring him down. If he believes or has been told that he's the best, the wittiest, the fastest, or the funniest, he will be petrified of failing. Since there's always the possibility of failing at something he hasn't done before, he will avoid diving into new or rough waters. I completely understand what she means here, because as a public speaking coach, I've had students who did not want to make a fool of themselves in front of others. They did not want to attempt speaking because they were high achievers in school and everything for them had to be perfect. Public speaking being an unknown territory, they would shudder to face criticism and withstand challenge. Parents, remember this. Kids not used to failure cannot handle failure in any form. 
What can adversity teach our kids? It can teach them to rely on themselves, to make decisions and engage in problem solving. Think about this. How much, however much you give your child a swim lesson, your child still needs to get in water to try out the lesson, right? Yes? In the same way, I say, please do not deprive your child of the lessons and the experience that comes with problem solving. And now let me list the three main reasons according to me why. First, it's not fair for you to use your experience, which is way beyond your child's, to solve their problems. Second, their worldview is dramatically different from ours, and thus their lessons need to be aligned to that. And third, reason is more like a question. And that question is, when will they learn? Until when will they learn in proxy? And how effective is secondhand learning? I've been through a few bumps in life. I'm sure you all have too. Can any of us be exempt from the pain, the trials, the challenges that are part of just living? When we know that, are we preparing our kids for it? We think we should protect our children from the pain. We want to see them happy ultimately and do what we can in the short term and ahead. What if we were to let them have times of failure or let them not have our immediate attention? Let them not have that best seat. What if? Well, we would be doing them a favor because if our kids are made to believe that they can get what they expect or what they want from life, they will expect that all the time. And if they don't get it, they will not be happy or fulfilled. They will blame themselves and get caught in a low self-esteem trap because they suddenly found that they were not worth it. It might just be the way things are, but not to them, because they were always led to believe that their happiness was the most important thing for everyone around them. Wish life was always like that for all of us, but we know that we have little control over what happens to us or how people see us. So, we as parents should not smother our child in parental protection and instead let them own their issues in their way. Let's cheer them from the sideline versus partnering with them to solve their issues. Think about it. How does it make sense that we do not show confidence in our children's ability to solve problems and yet we want them to become self-confident. 
how that we feed their happiness instead of letting them try and look for it. I end here and would like you to think what is important for your child? The things that you do for them or the things that they don't? Because therein lies the difference in them upping their game for the real life versus living a virtual one. Thank you very much for listening.